I wish to speak today about promise and blessing. I want to talk about the blessing of Abraham from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. These blessings were spoken to a man who came from what is now called Iraq. He was a man with a heart that wanted to find the one true God. The blessings he received were personal for him, but they were corporate for both the Jewish nation of Israel that was to come through him and later to the whole world through Jesus. First, we'll look at the blessings to Israel. Israel first became a nation in Egypt, where they had been in captivity to Pharaoh for 400 years. God then miraculously delivered them out of Egypt by the hand of Moses, who led them through the wilderness on their journey to the promised land. God gave Israel the covenant of the promises and blessings of the Old Testament and the commandments of the law through Moses, when they began their wilderness journey. God said to Moses, I'm going to give you the land that I promised to Abraham. That's in Exodus chapter 6. However, there were conditions that applied for Israel to receive the blessings. We read about them in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And Moses was told to tell the people that if they loved God and obeyed all the commandments he gave them, and worshipped God correctly, they would receive the blessings of the land and its crops and have good rains in their seasons. But if they disobeyed God and worshipped other gods, they would receive no rain, the enemy would take their land, and their crops would fail. In fact, the Bible records a whole page of curses instead of blessings for disobedience. There was a command with a conditional blessing that God gave to them concerning the land, which was that they had to give the land a rest for one year in every seven years. This was called the Sabbath year. There was to be no work, just a happy life together as families and as a community of God's people. And in that Sabbath year, God would give their crops three times the normal yield. And he would bless them with a holiday year, during which time they would bless God back with joy and thanksgiving for their prosperity. Another example of a command with a conditional blessing to them as a nation was that if they strayed away from God, but then repented and came back to him, to the temple, and prayed with a right heart, then God would hear from heaven and forgive them and heal their land meaning that he would send them rain and grow their crops and all the blessings of the land would be theirs. That's in Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. For about 1,500 years, there were seasons of blessing and obedience, but there were also long stretches of time of disobedience and confusion, and God's judgment came on Israel. For example, 
They failed to obey the Sabbath year for 490 years by not resting on that year and for that disobedience they were sent into captivity in Babylon for 70 years for the land to get its one in every seven years rest to get it back again. See that in Second Chronicles chapter 36. You see, the behaviour of the people usually fell into line behind the behaviour of the kings and the priests. And so the prophets would have to call them back into repentance. So what were these Old Testament blessings for? And what was the point? The blessings showed the nations round about them, such as Iraq and Iran and Syria and Egypt, that a supernatural God was active and powerful in the heavens on behalf of his people. The blessings were also simply an act of love and kindness from a good God to his people so that they could live a life of fulfilment and prosperity. Those blessings kept and preserved the nation of Israel intact so that they could become the womb and the cradle for Jesus to come to earth and bring the most profound and wonderful ultimate blessing to them and to the whole world, which was the gift of God's life to humanity through Jesus, fulfilling that last clause in the blessing in that scripture that God gave to Abraham, which said, and all people on the earth will be blessed through you. God was telling Abraham here that there would be a new kind of blessing from a new promise about the New Testament covenant blessing that is radically different from the old covenant. This supernatural blessing allows all of humanity to share in the life that Jesus has with his Father in heaven, as explained by Paul in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we read this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with all spiritual blessings from heaven. A-double-L, all. The law of the commandments was given to Israel to keep Israel from destroying their moral and relational integrity because the law was perfect in its wisdom and order for the self-preservation of a community. We read that in Psalm 19 where David says things like, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. He says, and in keeping them, there is great reward. That was the best system that could have existed to achieve that end of preserving a nation in their moral and relational integrity. The commandments, if obeyed faithfully by anyone, even today, will preserve the integrity of any community and produce outcomes of blessings of all kinds. They are designed to bring peace and order and harmony and prosperity and honesty and good health and no corrupt politics. However, the new blessings of the new covenant are of a far greater supernatural order. You see, the shortcoming of the law of perfect wisdom and order 
was that it could not produce a life of oneness in spirit with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. To receive this ultimate blessing of having God's life living within us, one has to believe the truth of what actually happened in and through Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And that's all. It has nothing to do with the law. However, the Bible tells us that if we are truly living in the spirit of the life of Jesus, we will live out our lives demonstrating the reality and meaning of those commandments through the grace and power of the Holy Spirit as he makes them real to us. It says that in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. It says, The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us who walk in the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus. And in this way, our outer life may become blessed with a new dimension of order and integrity, and that is great reward, as we read in the psalm. But even that virtuous, natural reordering of our outward lives is not the spiritual blessing of the promised blessing of Abraham. We'll now look at all spiritual blessings. The spiritual blessing is the Holy Spirit bringing to us the impartation of God's nature, of his goodness and his love and his joy and peace into our hearts. This operates as an active spiritual energy of life wherever we are and in whatever circumstances we happen to be. Whether we're on a holiday or in the busy stress of work, in times of global peace or in times of global pandemic, in a good economy under good government or under corrupt dictatorial rule. The shared life with Jesus has nothing to do with how life seems to be going on in our circumstances. The shared life with Jesus is the blessing that reorders our life and brings all things into line with his will for our lives. All the material blessings under the old covenant had a spiritual silver lining because of the supernatural manifestations of God to them in the wilderness and in the promised land, with miracles of provision and protection and angelic visitation. In the same way, all of our spiritual blessings bring the intervention of God into our lives in a supernatural way, above what we could ask or think. Things come together that we could never have planned or even dreamed of. And we see God's fingerprints on things and say, God, you have intervened in that situation for good. And we don't get to vote on what kind of blessings we receive. They are given by God and they are ultimately better than we could ever order for ourselves. So this life of faith is also a life of paradox because we don't always see blessings in the same way that God does. God has the big picture for our lives and he wants us to trust him for the details. The Bible says he has written the days of our lives in a book. You read that in Psalm 139. And we have a friend, Jesus, who is on every page of that book. 
and he gives us wisdom when we ask. We'll look back one day and we'll see him there on every page as we read the book. We put together imperfect prayers and he designs the perfect answers that take us closer and closer to his goal for our lives in contrast to our goals. But even good, honest, spiritual goals that we set for ourselves, like becoming more holy and serving the Lord more faithfully, end up bringing us into a place of realising our own powerlessness to achieve them. And this sense of inadequacy drives us into depending more and more on Jesus and his kindness and compassion and grace to travel with us in our honest seeking for these things. It then dawns on us that a process of total dependence upon God is the real goal. This is God's goal for us. This is where real faith happens. And this real faith pleases God. The real blessings are enjoyed in a life shared with a friend who wants the best for us. He is perfect love. And perfect love desires the best for the beloved. You read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This relationship is a moment-by-moment journey that Jesus lives in, in the here and now, and for all eternity, with us. If the whole world came into this friendship with Jesus now, there would be no wars, no poverty, and no darkness or destruction. The world must give account in due time for the integrity of its relationship to its friend Jesus, here and now, and in eternity. We read that in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Read those scriptures. This eternity will exist as a new heaven and a new earth one day, but the life of faith in Jesus as our friend can exist for us as a life of all spiritual blessings right here, right now. And the Lord bless you all. Amen.